So Aaron, today's episode, today's road trip marks two very special occasions. I think you know what one of them is because you love Halloween, don't you? You know, Halloween is probably a close second to uh, Christmas. I love Halloween time. Love yeah, it. I love Halloween too, you know, seeing all the kids in their little uh, ghost and goblin costumes. And, and and you as a teacher, must it must be really fun for you as a teacher. Well, that's right. It's pretty cool. Halloween's very exciting. Even teenagers <laughs> get excited over Halloween. And do you remember back in the day when you'd see kids uh, dressed as Britney Spears and pop stars? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a little foreshadowing for people, but uh, we won't go there just yet. <laughs> so this is special because it is our Halloween episode. That's one reason why it's special. But would you believe it that this is our 61st episode that we've recorded of our various shows? Isn't that incredible? I, You know, it, I, you told me that and I'm just shocked because it doesn't, I just, I just feel like we're just getting going, you know, it's, oh, it's, uh, it's incredible. And I, I gotta tell you, Tony, each and every one of those has been fun. And I love talking with you and you're become a very good friend and it's fun, you know? Well, likewise. And, and I was absolutely shocked when I counted, I was adding them all up uh, last week. I'm like, wow. I, I mean, I knew we'd done a lot of shows, but uh, 61. So uh, here we go. Uh, well, let's do a road trip, but we're going to head back to California, Hollywood, California. In fact, I was just there. I oh, that's there. right. You had a great trip, didn't you? you I, I did. I'll fill you in later, but I had some great food there, Tony. You and, you and Cynthia would love some of the restaurants we ate at. Oh, very nice. Well, are you ready for the road trip then? It's a special one. Let's get going. Maps? Check. Snacks? Double check. Tunes? Check. I'm Tony Stewart. I'm Aaron Badgley. And we are cruising the rock and roll highway in our way back music machine. Are you ready, my friend? I sure am. I have the feeling this is going to be the start of a great adventure. Kind of a magical mystery tour. Somehow I knew you were going to say that. So today we've only got a few stops compared to the normal three because we're going to be doing some great chat about uh, some of our favorite Halloween songs. But we do have an important stop to do. What is October 27th, 1966 in uh, Hollywood, California. So why don't you punch that in, Aaron, and uh, away we go. So here we are, 1966 in Hollywood, California, October the 27th, and uh, we're at a place called Desilu's Gore Street Studio in Hollywood. I I saw this building when I was in L.A. Oh, did you? That is amazing. I and, saw it, I swear, yeah. Oh, that's very cool. So why don't you share what the significance of this building is, because this is, uh, I love this guy. Well, I do too. And, and what this is, is, is the, the recording of the soundtrack to the TV show, It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Of course, with all of the Charlie Brown uh, cartoons on TV, the music was done by Vince Caraldi. Uh, I guess the Vince Caraldi trio, right? Or that's right. Group. Well, that's right. Yeah. And, and what a, what a talented trio that was. I got to tell you, I, you know, I'm, most people are more familiar with his, uh, Christmas special, but uh, that's the first Christmas album I always play is uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas. I love Vince Guaraldi's trio. But Me this too. One, I, I love that album. 
but uh, there's some great songs on this one too. The Great Pumpkin Special is a fantastic uh, cartoon. And this was this was the third Charlie Brown show. Oh, isn't that amazing? And uh, it's funny, you know, because Guaraldi was uh, he was a great musician, but you know he had his name forever associated with uh, Charlie Brown, and uh, certainly that's what he's remembered for now. But he was an excellent musician outside of all the Charlie Brown stuff too, you know, but I, I don't think very many people out there could name any other albums that he did. I can name one. Yeah. Well, there you go. Right. So I can name because my mom had, my mother had an album called cast, cast to the wind or cast the wind, cast the wind. That was my arm hitting my table. That was cast the wind by Vince Corraldi. Great album. Well, yeah, he was a fabulous musician, right? Fabulous piano player. I love the way that he, uh, solos you know very tasteful player exactly my style of uh, jazz uh, from have you pers- ever done any of the charlie brown stuff when you and rick perform uh we once in a while will do uh you know like christmas time is here uh that's such oh, a classic. great tune yeah i classic. love that song it's just so gorgeous and uh, you know we used to do that at the school with a school stage band before uh, covid shut down our band program but uh yeah wonderful music absolutely wonderful music so the main theme for the Great Pumpkin was a song called Linus and Lucy, which we hear at the very beginning of the show. You know when he's rolling the the pumpkin and then Lucy cuts into it. Oh, you didn't say you're going to kill it. Um, <laughs> but the the other thing that was used, the, the opening track with the ghost sounds ooh, over, the, over the song is fantastic. I love that stuff, so. Well, it is excellent. And Linus and Lucy, right? Another iconic track that uh, every piano player, I think, at one point or another has tried to learn that uh, that riff, you know? You want to, something just off, off trivia about this Charlie Brown special. You've seen it countless times, right? Oh, absolutely, yep. The first time it aired in 1966, CBS Studios was inundated with bags and bags of candy and chocolate for Charlie Brown because all he ever got was a rock. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they got these bags full of candy going, please give to Charlie Brown. I'm thinking, you know it's a cartoon, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure we're on the same page here. But anyways, so he they, they got all this chocolate sent to them and candies and, and all that stuff. So Now, I have a question yeah. for you, though. Uh, yeah. Because I'm sure they've seen this special in England. I'm sure Charlie Brown has played over in England. So uh, mm-hmm. was it banned by the BBC? <laughs> <laughs> I just had to ask. <laughs> no, but the music was. <laughs> <laughs> That's a running gang on this show, but it's true. Everything's been banned by the bloody BBC at some no, point just, or other. I'm- I know it's so funny, and, and in fact, on our, our our other show that we do um, bef- uh, before my time, that's what we're going to do the next show one, is it not? That's right. The playlist is a, a list of tunes that have been banned by the BBC, so we'll have to include a link in the uh, show notes here to that episode yeah. as well. <laughs> so Charlie Brown, it's a great pumpkin. The other thing about Desilu Studios is, do you know who? It was built in 1912, but you know who owned it for a while was Desilu, and you know who they are, right? Well, that's right. Uh, Lucille Ball, Desi Arnaz, right? That's right. And the studio was famous because that's where they filmed. Um, they did. They had a soundstage where they could do the music, but they also filmed TV shows there, including the Desilu production of Star Trek. Oh, my goodness, really? Yeah. 
Yeah. Pretty cool. Oh, I have to get down to LA at some point. That, uh, that sounds like you had an amazing time. Well, you know what we did. And, and, um, and I went to see the Joshua tree and I, I paid my respects where the remains of Graham Parsons was uh, scattered. So yeah, you got, we have to go. You, oh. you would love it. You would love it. Well, excellent. Um, now what about the charts? So October, 1966. <laughs> well, they're not that scary. Although number one was kind of funny. Number five was one of my all-time favorite songs, uh, Tony, that I never talk about, but I love. Uh, Walk Away Renee by The Left Bank. I I love that song. Um, number four was Johnny Rivers, Poor Slide of Town. Number three, The Four Tops, Reach Out, I'll Be There. Number two was The Monkees with The Last Train to Clarksville. And number one is another one that I just, I wore out my, my mom's copy Question mark and the Mysterians, 96 Tears. Yeah, that, that's a great song. That organ, you oh, know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I know that uh, you normally do a Spotify uh, playlist for this show, but uh, we're going to be doing something different today with the Spotify list, aren't we? We've put together, everybody, just for you, over two hours of the greatest Halloween scary music that you could play at any Halloween party, dinner, if you just want to just dig some pretty creepy music, it's all there for you. Over two hours. And and um, I left out Yentl. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit too scary. Thank you. But everything else is in there. We could talk about that later. And, you know, uh, Aaron, you're being charitable by saying we because the list is all you. But uh, thanks uh-huh. for doing that. But I have to tell you that it gets the, if you're an SCTV fan, which we both are, uh, it gets the Count Floyd seal of approval. So, I love Count Floyd. I, I miss him so much. You know, oh, he was me brilliant. Too. Me too. But you know, Tony, I also refrain from putting any Pat Boone in there. So, because that's again, that's a whole new level of scary. Well, so. that's right. Well, what do you say we uh, take a break? Because uh, I want to finish this cup of coffee I've got here. It's getting a little cold. So, uh, let's <laughs> let's take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about some Halloween tunes. What do you think? Perfect. Okay, we'll be back in a moment. We are so glad that you chose to join us on today's rock and roll road trip. And if you enjoy listening to Aaron and I, then why not join us for our other show? It's a Spotify exclusive radio show called Before My Time. And it's a lot of fun, isn't it, Aaron? It is. And, and we get to play the songs that we talk about as well. So you get to hear the whole song uh, what, that we're talking about. And uh, what's our next show about? <laughs> well, you know, Tony, we joke a lot about this, but... Uh, I'm afraid to say it because I might get banned, but we're going to play songs that were banned by the BBC. Oh, that's going to be great. I can't wait. So, folks, look for it on Spotify. It's called Before My Time. And now, let's get back to the road trip. And we're back, and it's a quite a list that you've put together for this uh, spooky Halloween playlist, but... Uh, we thought it would be a nice idea to maybe chat about a couple of songs that we both really enjoy for Halloween. And uh, now you had uh, a couple of very cool ones. And uh, what was your first so one? You. Yeah, your, your songs are, are, are equally cool. So the first one I picked, you know, this is a song I don't hear on the radio anymore, but I do remember being played on the radio when I was a kid because it came out in 74, so I would have been 10. Do you remember a band out of Ottawa called Five Man Electrical Band? I do. I do. Yeah, they started their career as the Staccatos, but they changed, which is a terrible name for a band, um, changed their name in 1969, you know, because they had five members. <laughs> um, 
Wes Emerson from the band went on to have a successful solo career in the 70s. But in 1974, they released a song, Tony, called Werewolf. Do you remember that? Well, I, I've heard it, but I mean, I would have been way too young to remember it when it first came out. But I did hear the song. I knew yeah. you were going to say that. I know. I got to throw that in every once in a while. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> well, you, you were leading in with a chin on that one. <laughs> yeah, I really was. <laughs> But I remember it was, and it was, and it is. If you listen to it, I listened to it when I put together the Spotify playlist. It's really a creepy song. Oh, very creepy. I, you know, I was uh, listening to the list earlier today, and like, I think, wow. Yeah, it's. I mean, even even the the, the production, but the the and even the lyrics. I thought they're they're pretty pretty like a good horror film. Anyway, so that's one of the songs I picked because. You know, it's a song that doesn't get played at Halloween time, and I really wish it did because it's it's much more frightening than Werewolves of London, which I think is a funny song. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, I love Warren's Yvonne, though. Love Warren. Oh, me too. Me too. So what did you pick, Tony? You picked a couple of really cool songs. Well, I'm going to go with uh, Stevie Wonder first, uh, Superstition, uh, one of my all-time favorite songs. And uh, I'm a big, big, big Stevie Wonder fan. And I always say, you know, I'm glad to be sharing a planet with... Uh, Stevie Wonder. I just worship the ground that that guy walks on. But I picked Superstition. And um, interesting song. It was a lead single from a, an album called Talking Book in 1972. And it hit number one, of course, in January of 1973. But uh, Rolling Stones revised Greatest Songs of All Time. They moved this way up to number 12. So that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't agree with all the choices on their revised list, and we've talked about that before. Uh, but I do agree with that one. I think Superstition deserves to be way up there. But it was a collaboration with Jeff Beck. Uh, now, the interesting part, right, because we all know Jeff Beck as a guitar player, but uh, Jeff was uh, just fooling around on the drums when when him and Stevie were in the studio. And uh, he came up with his drum beat, and uh, Stevie said, you know, keep playing, keep playing. And he improvised the riff on his keyboard. And by the end of the day, they had a demo. Um, but did you know that uh, Jeff Beck was supposed to release this first, was supposed to release Superstition first? That was that was originally part of their uh, agreement. But then Barry Gordy thought it's going to be such a big hit that uh, we're going to release it on Motown first. Did Jeff Beck release his version? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'll have to look that up. But uh, yeah, me too. I like. I I was shocked when I read your notes that Jeff Beck came up with the drum because he is a guitarist, right? Well, well, that's right. So now he never played on the album version. Um, on the album version, Stevie, like he did back then, he played everything except for the tenor sax and the trumpet. But it's hard to imagine, really, anybody besides Stevie Wonder uh, doing Superstition, isn't it? Yeah, uh, although he he used the riff from Superstition with Paul McCartney on McCartney's Tug of War album. They wrote a song together called What's That You're Doing, which I thought was quite a neat take on that. But you're right. I, I can't picture Jeff Beck or anyone. It's got to have that Stevie voice. Stevie Wonder never gets credit for his vocals. I mean, oh, they talk about goodness, his musicianship. Yeah. Love his voice, don't you? Well, and you know, his vocal range is, is absolutely astounding. And what's more, how old Stevie now? Maybe 70, 71, 72? He's got to be up there. Uh, so he's older than me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, 
he's still got the range. Like if you've heard any recent live performances, I mean, he's still singing up there. You know, a lot of guys uh, lower the keys on their songs as they get older, but he doesn't. Yeah, he's amazing. He's simply, and I, I kick myself, kick myself because he played Toronto not long ago. Oh my god! The song is the Key of Life tour, and I didn't go. I don't oh, know why? Oh, yeah, that would be amazing. And uh, but his vocal range is is huge. That's why he is so so difficult uh, to cover vocally for a lot of people because you know he's got a range that of of that's way larger than most people do. So. Uh, but yeah, Superstition was my first pick. Now, what about uh, your second pick? This is a really interesting one. <laughs> well, I went from werewolves to vampires. Um, Bauhaus, which was a, a, a band who formed in 1978, originally their name was Bauhaus 1919, uh, in reference to the first operating year of the German art school, Bauhaus. They changed the name to Bauhaus, and they released their first single was a nine-minute song called Bella Lugosi's Dead. Um, fantastic track and was released on an independent label called Small Wonder Records and it's gone on to be infamous like it's it's, it's a classic the cover is fantastic the cover is a, a, a still photo from the uh, the wonderful film Nosferatu mm-hmm. and it's just a great record it's it's really the first I think it's the first goth record ever made um, it certainly still gets played on the radio at Halloween time uh, and for those of you who are Bowie fans, if you watched the movie The Hunger, where David Bowie and Susan Sarandon and Catherine Deneuve are vampires, that the, the movie opens with Bauhaus performing it in a cage, and it's quite it's quite quite a good scene because they cut in bits of monkeys tearing each other apart, not the monkeys from Los Angeles, but real monkeys. Um, it's a great film and it's a great song, and it's. It's always scared me to this day, Tony. You know, I'll put it on, and it's just one of those records that the use of guitar and the use of bass. Yeah, it's a freaky it tune. It's it's uh, really kind of chilling, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> and it's long. <laughs> oh yeah, nine minutes, right? That's uh, that would have had to be released on an independent label to clock in at nine minutes. I mean, unless you're queen, yeah. unless you're queen or somebody like that. But uh, <laughs> a little too Nicole. Even then. Yeah, exactly. I have a connection to Nosferatu. Um, I was hired, uh, this is before COVID, to play in a small orchestra for uh, a composer had written um, a score for Nosferatu, and he was going to um, do it, uh, you know, at a theater with a live orchestra. And I got hired for that. And of course, that got canceled because of COVID. So that's, that's too bad. But that was way back at the beginning. So cool. At the pandemic. Yeah. I was really looking oh forward to it. That would have been that would a, be cool. That was the second time that I got hired for something like that. And uh, I'm trying to remember it was another horror film the first time I did it. Um, I, I'm trying to remember because it was quite a while ago. But uh, was it the cabinet of Dr. Caligari? No, no. Um, I'm trying to, I can't remember. It'll come to me later. But uh, yeah, the one we were going to do was, uh, it was a small, he'd written it for, I think, a 10 piece, uh, you know, small orchestra. And it would have been theater goers would have been able to watch the show and see the orchestra at the same time doing the soundtrack. So it would have been very cool. Was that, would that have been in Ottawa or where was it? It was going to be, the performance was actually going to be in Perth at the studio theater. So really? Yeah. Jeez, I, you know what? If you end up doing it, if they reschedule it, I'm coming up for that. Yeah, I'll let you know if it if it does happen. I'm not sure that it will, but because uh, that was uh, you know right 
right back at the beginning of COVID that that got canceled. But uh, very cool. I, I saw the movie Napoleon at the National Arts Centre in Ottawa with a live orchestra, and it was incredible. There's so nothing like it. You do. Nothing. Nothing. No, it's very and it's tough. I'm telling you, for for people. Uh, who have never seen that or, or don't really understand how movie music works. It is really tough. The conductor um, is such a big job when you're doing that because you're trying to coordinate with the screen and you've got all these cues written in your score. And sometimes, you know, if you're a little bit off, you've got to get things back on track. And it is, it is unbelievably hard to be a conductor when you're doing that. Well, count me in if you do it. Cause I would love, first of all, I love the movie. It's a classic. Oh, absolutely. Um, now, you picked a song which is very near and dear to my heart. I love the song. I have the original 45. And you got to see this guy in a very unique situation. I did. And this, this is not really, you know, I don't know if it's a Halloween song so much as it, it might. It can be associated with Halloween. But this is uh, not even a rock and roll song. This is a country song, but it's an amazing song called The Devil Went Down to Georgia by Charlie Daniels. And... Um, yeah, I love this song. I remember hearing this as a kid and, and loving it. And, um, you know, this uh, was released in 1979, and it hit number one on the country charts, but it also crossed over into the uh, yeah. Hot 100, and it, it uh, hit number three. But it was behind Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, After the Love is Gone, and then <laughs> My Sharona by The Knack. So uh, so that's pretty impressive. It hit number three on the... Uh, Hot 100. It speaks to the type of song this is because it's so catchy and it's so memorable. And of course, it, it's got that great lyric, you know, uh, which was censored for radio play. I was just gonna, I was gonna say, did you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I told you once, you son of a bitch. I'm the best that there's ever been. And and for radio play, they had to change it to uh, son of a gun. But uh, I got to see this live. I got to see Charlie Daniels live. Uh, the year that he got inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame in 2016, I was at his induction performance at the Grand Ole Opry. And that is that is one of the coolest experiences of my life, I have to tell you. Um, the Grand Ole Opry is incredible. And seeing Charlie Daniels there and uh, his band was fantastic. I just remember how terrific his guitarist was as well. But... You know, uh, Charlie Daniels in 2016, I mean, he was in his late 70s at that time. And, uh, you know, but it, you could just tell he was energized by, uh, you know, being inducted finally into the into the Country Music Hall of Fame. And there's nothing like the Opry. And even if you're not a country music fan, and I'm not a big country music guy, but there is nothing like the Grand Ole Opry. It is, it is the coolest place. I want to go there so bad i mean if, if, if it's in the top three of my bucket list and and uh you know i want to experience the grand Ole opry one day oh i used to listen to it on the radio and watch it on tv you know well and when you're there uh they're recording it for radio as well they still do that uh, grand Ole opry radio hour right so but it, you know what struck me aaron is that every single artist who's there and that's one thing that country music i think maybe does better than anybody else is they have a sense of their history all these artists 100 percent. they they have a sense of where they came from and uh, you notice that at the opry but the other thing you notice 
is, you know, they'll invite artists to play at the Opry for the first time. And these will be established artists who are out touring and everything else. And they're like teenagers up there. They're so humbled and so excited. And, you know, their, their mom's in the audience cheering them on. And it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. I agree. And, and it's, you know, because this is a Halloween show, you know that the Grand Ole Opry is haunted, right? Oh, is it? I yeah, do. there's all these reports about the, you know, the, the backstage and all this ghost activities. So you see, talk about the past. No, but you're right. The, the, the country music has never forgotten its past, nor do they forget the fans. Because they're the only genre of music that have their fan fest every year. And they have the biggest acts still come out and sign autographs and meet their fans. I mean, obviously not last year or last two years, but I bet you they'll go back to it next year. Oh, probably. And, uh, you know, one of the things when you get inducted into the, because uh, Charlie Daniels 10 years earlier, I think 2007, was uh, invited to be a member of the Grand Ole Opry. Um, and that is cool as well, because once you agree to that, part of the, the deal is, is you'll come back periodically and play shows there, right? And some artists turn it down because they can't keep that commitment. Um, who's? I'm trying to think who was the one... Again, his name is escaping me, but uh, one of the big, big country stars actually turned down uh, his invitation to the Opry because he was worried he wasn't going to be able to fulfill his commitment. And, and well, at least that's honest, right? Yeah. But you know, there's an honesty to that. So, Tony, did you know there's a connection between Charlie Daniels and the Beatles? Oh, I, I'm not surprised, but I did not know that. So what is the connection before we go to break here? He played violin on Ringo's one and only country album called Buku Blues in 1970. He was a session musician. Oh, and wow. he did the whole album with Ringo Starr. Oh, that's, that's amazing. What a, what a piece of <laughs> trivia that is. It's a great album. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, Charlie Daniels is a great musician, and uh, I am so glad I had a chance to see him. Now, we're going to be uh, taking a trip to Colchester in England, I guess the University of Essex, but Aaron... This might be just the weirdest trip that we've ever done on this show, wouldn't you think? Yep. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm trying to think what, yes, what what could be as odd as this one. I know when we were researching, I said to you, like, we've got to do this one. Um, so, I, I, well, you know what? I'm not going to give anything away. Let's just punch it in the time machine. And uh, we're going to go to Colchester, England. And it's going to be the year 2000, and the date is going to be October 30th. So let's go. So we're in Colchester, England. It is October 30th, the year 2000. We're sitting outside the University of Essex, and I've got two questions for you, uh, Aaron. Uh, First question Mm -hmm. is, are you good at physics? Uh, No, not at all. You know, I wasn't great at physics either, but I think we could have been good at physics if we had uh, Britney Spears as our tutor, don't you think? (laughs) I think I could have passed anything with Britney Spears as my tutor, yeah. Now, folks, I warned you beforehand, I think this is the strangest story we've ever done on this show. And uh, here's the story, okay? On October the 30th, a brand new website was launched to help teach children basic physics. And this website website is still up. And in fact, I've got it pulled up here. It is Britney Spears guide to semiconductor physics. <laughs> and, uh, 
And, uh, you know, this was done more as a gag, of course, but it's a, it's a legit physics site, semiconductor yeah, this physics. This is not a joke, folks. Tony nope. is not joking. This is, we're being serious. <laughs> yes, I'm looking at it right now. The cover shot is a picture of Brittany dressed in her white outfit, quoting some kind of formula that I don't recognize. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm going to read right off the uh, website here. It's a little-known fact that Ms. Spears is an expert in semiconductor physics, not content with just singing and acting. In the following pages, she will guide you in the fundamentals of the vital semiconductor laser components that have made it possible to hear her super music in a digital format. And so, you know, whoever put this together just thought, ah, oh, physics, Britney Spears. And uh, I, I did see... Um, you know, on the About Us page, he was talking about how he just wanted it to stand out and he figured he'd throw some Britney Spears pictures in the site. So as you go through, I'm looking at the chapters here, you know, the basics of semiconductors, semiconductor crystal structures, semiconductor jaunts, uh, junctions. Oh, here's one, uh, finite barrier quantum well. Uh, they're interspersed with uh, little pictures and quotes from Britney Spears. So you know, there you go. That's all you need to be good at physics is go visit this page and and uh, let Brittany teach you all about semiconductor physics. And, and and if you need help with history, there's Justin Bieber's Walk Through History. No, just kidding. Okay, okay. <laughs> but who would have thought it? I, I thought this was a joke when I first came across it and I and I was able to locate the site. And like I said, I'm looking at it right now and it's really out there. I, I don't know what else to say. Um, well, hit me one more time. No, no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> That's right. Oops, we did I, it again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was that was my whole high school <laughs> physics. Oops, did it again. Uh, um, so it's funny. There's a there's a, a Canadian musician named Fred Squire. My daughter loves him. Hi, Linda. And we went to see him at, at a club here in Toronto called the Dakota. And we got to meet him after the show. He's a sweet guy. And he says, he's he's teaching physics, Tony. Okay. So I said, I really love your new album. He goes, yeah, but I want to hear something really cool in physics. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's okay, man. It's cool. So he tried to convert me to physics. But um, is there anything Brittany can't do except manage her own money? Well, that's, the, yeah, I guess not, eh? <laughs> but, uh, you know, she's always got a career as a physics tutor ahead of her, you know, because uh, she's getting, a, what is she, about, what, pushing 40 now? Well, she, I remember her when she was, you know, on the original on the uh, reboot of uh, Mickey Mouse Club with Justin Timberlake. Oh, that's right, that's right. So you know, she's got her second career all lined up, ready to teach semiconductor physics. Now, well, third career because she's an actress too. So to be singer, song, singer, actress, and phys- physics teacher. Now, can you really call her an actress, Aaron? Come on. Well, <laughs> I'm not touching that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not touching that at all. I'm just going to leave that one alone. Okay, we'll leave that one alone. Now, as... Uh, well, she's acting like a singer for the last 40. Well, that's right. Can you really call her a singer, I guess, too? Gosh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, well, like all shows, you know, we always uh, head back to the present, and we do a Beatles connection, so... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have charts, though, at the time. Did you oh, know you know what? I forgot the charts. That's uh, okay. No, no, no. It's because it's interesting what's in the charts. Yes. Because if you look at the charts, it's... it's um, so, number five is Pink with most girls. Okay. Number four is Three Doors Down with Kryptonite. Oh, wow. Uh, three is Creed with uh, with arms wide o- open wide. Yeah. Two is... <laughs> I'm, okay. 
Full disclosure, I'm not a fan of this artist. Number two is Madonna and a song called Music. Just don't get her. And number one is Christine Aguilera with Come On Over, Baby, All I Want Is You. And I think that Christine should have done some tutoring with Britney. Well, yes, that's right. But, uh, you know, 2000, eh, was the era of the pop princess, right? You had Christina Aguilera. Yeah. You had, um, you know, maybe some Britney. Um, who was the other Pink. one? Oh, Mariah Carey. I mean, all Mariah those. Mariah Carey. Gwen Stefani. I hated that period, I've got to say. Uh, <laughs> and I think I've mentioned this before, right? Because, you know, I'm, I'm a high school music teacher, but I we would it would be talent show time. And, um, you know, the girls would say, hey, Mr. Stewart, can you play piano for me? I want to do this song. And it would be a Christina Aguilera song or a Britney Spears song. And they would, they would uh, try to sing the song and they'd be warbling all over the place like... Uh, these pop princesses would, but they wouldn't be in tune or in key or anything. And I'm, and I would stop them and say, just sing the melody for now. And they couldn't do it. Right. Cause that they had just spent so much time listening to, uh, Brittany or Mariah Carey or whoever it was, uh, you know, just warbling all over the place. I couldn't stand it. Yeah. I was so good glad, word. Good word. so glad when that era passed, but, uh, now are you ready to head back to the present? And, uh, I'm sure you've got a way to connect all of, uh, today's, you know, uh, stuff that we've talked about uh, a way to connect it to the Beatles don't you always 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 yeah all right let's do it so here we go and here we are back to the present still trying to wrap our heads around the idea that uh, you know you can get Britney Spears to tutor you in uh, semiconductor physics but uh, <laughs> How do you top that? I mean, that's just the oddest story ever. Tom Waits teaching enunciation? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Thank you. All right, so what do you have? Uh, Cue up the uh, Beatlemania here. What do you got? Uh, Well, on a Halloween in 1967, the Beatles, well, actually just one Beatle, uh, one cameraman, uh, went over to France and to Nice, and that's where Paul McCartney filmed the sequence for Fool on the Hill for the movie Magical Mystery Tour. Um, he ran around on hills for the, the whole day. Just And here's the kicker. McCartney gets to the airport and he forgot his passport and all identification. And um, I, the comment was, when they looked at the person, they went, you really need a passport or ID to see who I am? And they just let him through. So <laughs> <laughs> really... But uh, wait a sec, I don't know though. if you've seen that sequence. What's that? Well, wait a sec, though. Paul died in 1966, right? So it could have See, been See, that's that. why he didn't have his ID, because it hadn't been, right? Yep. William Folks, Campbell. Go back and listen to uh, episode 25, Shameless Plug here. But uh, it's all about the Paul is Dead conspiracy. <laughs> with with William Campbell, and he didn't have his William Campbell ID or something. I don't know. But Well, that's a pretty cool connection, though. A Fool on the Hill is a great song. Yeah, and it's a good. I don't know if you've ever seen the segment, but the segment's actually quite, quite, quite striking. In the, uh, have you ever seen Magical Mystery Tour? Yes, I have. Not much of a plot, but a good film. Yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. I liked it too. So, yeah, that's a neat well, Halloween connection. And thank he, you. You had a special chart, didn't you? Well, yeah. I just thought we'd 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 do the we'd end off with the top five Halloween songs as ranked by Billboard. So this is by sales and radio play so number five and we've mentioned two of them 
Well, actually, just one. So number five was Warren Zevon, Werewolves of London. Number four is Pop Evil, Deal with the Devil. Oh. Ooh, scary. <laughs> scary stuff. Number three was Ray Parker Jr. with Tony. Well, with uh, the song that he ripped off from uh, Huey Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't expect you to go there. Uh, and uh, Ghostbusters, which is a blatant, um, blatant, and the courts agreed, actually. So, uh, you know, a blatant ripoff of uh, I Want a New Drug, but uh, Ghostbusters. It's so cool. I Want a New Ghostbusters. Um, <laughs> and and well, didn't, didn't you tell me on one of our earlier shows that, that Huey Lewis turned down doing the songs for Ghostbusters or something like that? Yeah, he was approached, and and uh, he wasn't able to do it. And so Ray Parker uh, Jr. got the call, yeah. He channeled Huey Lewis. That's right. Uh, no, number three is a classic, and it's it. this is a song that has charted in more years than any other song. In other words, it charted in 62, then it keeps charting every year. Of course, we're talking Monster Mash. Oh, yeah, by classic. Bobby Boris Pickett. Oh fantastic song i, I still love watching him sing this song <laughs> it's the faces right oh yeah he's like a man of a thousand faces there <laughs> i know it's so weird it's it's bizarre i i'm gonna let you do number one well i mean i'm sure this is no surprise to anybody right uh, this broke all kinds of new ground in terms of music videos but michael jackson thriller uh, featuring the voice of uh, vincent price what a what a what a classic but uh, yeah michael jackson's thriller i mean is this a surprise to anybody really no shouldn't be and 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 uh you know the 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 vincent price bit is my favorite part i love the vincent price bit oh me too what a what a iconic voice he had eh oh so great so great yes and uh so that's it today folks for our halloween special aaron this was uh really fun and uh something a little different spooky fun so you know what i'm going to go back to teacher mode to wrap up the episode here today so uh what's the coolest thing you learned today um it has to be about britney spears yeah i would say it's got to be for me too you know just i'm sorry and she 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 wins this one because i it's just it's so bizarre right well that's right and you know what i would say that normally on this show uh she's somebody that we would never talk about so well, because we, we like to focus on music. Well, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was harsh. <laughs> oh, come on. Her music is, is, is what you know, voice modulated. Well, that's right. It's loops of beats. Come on. Let's yeah. be honest, shall we? Well, yeah. No, of course. That, I mean, you're being very honest, and I 100% agree with you. <laughs> well, here so, we are. Um, uh, great episode, my friend. Great uh, road trip. And I can't wait to uh, talk about our Before My Time show as well. And thank you for listening, folks. Uh, we are really grateful that you let us into your headphones every week. Do you, want to, do you want to just say hi to a couple of people that have been commenting on us, like May and Darren and Kelly? Yeah, we should. We should give give some shout-out to our fans. Yeah, eh? and, yeah. Uh, yeah. We appreciate your feedback and your comments, and uh, we, we just really genuinely appreciate you listening. So thanks, guys. We do, and we love hearing from you. So thanks so much. All right, Aaron, have a great week, my friend. You too. Music for today's episode of the Wayback Music Machine podcast was written by Rick Denis. The show notes, chart selection, and Spotify playlist were created by Aaron Badgley. 
and the artwork, recording, editing, and sound production was done by Tony Stewart. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to tell a friend or two. And don't forget to click follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast player to get the latest episodes automatically. And we'd love it if you would leave us a review. You can also engage with the show by going on our website and leaving us a voicemail. We may even play your voicemail on an upcoming episode. Thanks for taking this road trip with us, and we'll see you next time on the Wayback Music Machine Podcast. Hey, turn the radio up. I love this song. The Wayback Music Machine Podcast is a Stewie Tunes production.